This is Biz Radio host, Joanna Patrice Haggerty. I am the founder of JPH Creative Biz and soon to launch Art Hero, a workforce development organization. My mission is to support and galvanize artists and creative entrepreneurs because art heals and connects. I believe that by activating creativity, we synthesize change. Come connect with me on Instagram at JPH Creative Biz. This is the Joanna Patrice Haggerty Show, where I invite the most innovative entrepreneurs, artists, and creative business owners to share their experiences, processes, practical tips, and inspirations. Today with me is Rob Lovati. Rob is the creator and host of the Breathing Room podcast, which focuses on the intersection between mental health and creativity. Rob is an advocate for mental health, recovery from substance abuse, and suicide awareness and prevention. As a creative himself, Rob believes that creative expression is often the missing link in helping individuals to optimize their overall mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. I bought brought Rob on to talk about his own work with his podcast and all things mental health. But first, Rob, thank you for being here today. Hey, thanks, Joanna. And thanks for the uh, lovely introduction. I'm happy to be here today. It's uh, kind of strange, I imagine. And it has been for me, at least, to like flip the tables and be the interviewee sometimes. So I hope you can just sit back and relax. But I know you got that co-hosting skill. So bring it out. <laughs> yeah, if I, if I start asking you questions, don't be surprised. But... <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much who you are anyway, though. So I would expect <laughs> nothing less. Um, where I love to start my show, it's it's just been kind of this thing that has happened, is to really wind the clock back. You call yourself a creative I love to talk about those early years and what sort of learning to identify yourself as a creative looked like. What were the mediums? What did you get into? How did you find the ability to call yourself a creative individual? Mm, yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, so I think kind of taking a look at uh, back at it, I can really trace it back to early childhood. Um, I was banging on a drum set from the time I was four years old and upsetting my parents with that. <laughs> I was like, sure, parents um, love that one. <laughs> yeah. And then kind of transitioned into more physical mediums from there. Um, I really loved to paint and draw as a child. Um, also really struggled with it as well, though. I think having this kind of perfection mechanism built in, um, I found physical mediums to be really challenging. I always found that I was never really quite satisfied with the work that I created mm. and found found music to be a little bit more forgiving in that regard because you know it, it's it takes its final form when you're happy with it and you decide that it's done but other than that you can kind of constantly revisit and 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 tweak it um, which is something that i find still shows up in my work today um, from there i i started playing uh, guitar and bass guitar um, in my early teenage years and i've really kind of stuck with that um, up to present day so play a few different instruments, um, dabble in creative writing. Um, I really struggle with identifying as a creative myself because <laughs> um, I know so many people who are so talented and I have a hard time putting myself in that bucket. But yeah. um, that's that's kind of the, the gist of it and um, what that creative energy has looked like for me in the past. I feel like that you wrapped a lot of beautiful concepts in that too, right? That creativity is such a beautiful outlet, but creativity as a profession in particular nowadays has this idealistic concept. And we've sort of 
separated the idea of being creative and being good at being an artist and mm. feeling like that as individuals, we aren't capable of being good at being an artist a lot of times where I imagine you now know a lot of that comes from hard work, right? Like I used to paint a little more and now when I try and pull out my paintbrushes, like my hand doesn't even know what to do. That right. muscle is like, whoa. <laughs> so, yeah understanding those concepts of what it means to be creative, right? Which driving to work a different way or looking at a leaf for an extra long time is being creative, but being an artist is where that divide comes in. And so I just love that you brought that concept. And I also love that what I think I heard you say was you may be a recovering perfectionist, which is part of probably why we're friends. Yep. yep. <laughs> and this concept again of using creativity as an outlet, but being sure that it is not going to impede your sense of self is really valuable. So let's maybe like unpack that a little bit more. How have you uncovered the idea of finding fun in creativity? You said music feels like the better outlet for that for you. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's, it started by becoming more familiar with that part of myself that wants to achieve perfection mm -hmm. and recognizing that that's not something that number one is attainable or number two is really the main goal of expressing yourself creatively. Yeah. So I think learning to distance myself from that feeling has been the primary challenge that I've been working through. Um, and ways that I've done that is, you know, I, I found that for a long time, I used music as a way of connecting with other people. And mm. for a while, I think I was creating it for other people people, you know, and really mm -hmm. wanting to get that validation from people seeing value in and connecting with what I was creating um, musically. Um, and I think what's helped me overcome that is just doing it for myself these days. You know, I, I don't consider myself an artist. It's not something that I do for a profession. Um, I definitely align more um, as thinking of it as a hobbyist mm -hmm. um, and just you know, sitting down, picking up my guitar and recording something on my phone for nothing other than my own enjoyment and fun has really helped to take the pressure off of it versus mm. putting something together that I want to really put out there um, into the atmosphere and see what can happen with it. Um, right. Just just learning to do it for more personal reasons. Well, because you understand, you know, as someone who's worked in the small business sector, I've seen a lot of small companies grow, have been a part of that process yourself. A business requires systems and structure and methodology and analysis, right? And being able to analyze your creative work from a successful product perspective is really challenging. So I think that, again, there's so many reasons you and I relate. I'm very much in the same position where I chose to let my creativity fulfill me more personally yeah. because I couldn't find that divide. I couldn't find the way to stand on a stage and not feel like if I messed up, I was going to be completely judged and I wouldn't make enough money and I wouldn't eat, you know? And so those people who have become artists and creative professionals, we give, especially people like you and I give so much credit to because we know the challenge of overcoming your mental health. And so that's what I'd like to segue into next is you talk about being an advocate for mental health, recovery from substance abuse. Like, where does all of this come from? Help me, help me understand how creativity and mental health tie together for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think, you know, in, in focusing in on any one of those ideas individually, it comes obviously from my own experience with those things. Um, and, 
you know, when I, when I started my podcast, which is called breathing room, I started that in November of 2019. Um, it was really founded on this intersection that I was pulling on between creative expression and mental health. And, um, really the manifestation of that was seeing it play out in myself, um, and realizing how intertwined, my creativity was with wherever my mental health happened to be at that time. Um, and then as, you know, as I moved to Asheville uh, about four years ago and really started to uh, make some meaningful connections with other artists and creatives, I started to notice that that wasn't a unique experience that I was going through that a lot of, a lot of my other friends who identify as creatives were also dealing with their own experiences in the mental health arena. And, you know, it's kind of a, it's a catch 22 that I've noticed um, in my own life where often when I'm in a, in a dark place mentally or emotionally, um, a vehicle for getting out of that is creative expression, you know, mm -hmm. sitting down and writing a song or doing an episode of the podcast. But at the same time, like when you're in that place, being able to get in touch with that creative part of yourself is exponentially harder, you know? Yeah. Um, and there have been years, like periods of years where I haven't really felt like I was able to quite get it. Um, whether you want to call it writer's block or just having other priorities, you know, that, that creativity sometimes is the first thing to go for me when, when I'm struggling, whether with anxiety or depression or uh, any, anything else, you know? And like you said, so many of us artists and creatives and truthfully, even people who don't identify as creatives we have varying levels of mental health. And I know for me, one of the things that's always challenged me a little is there hasn't been a normalcy conversation around mental health. Where are you today? Are you having a good day? Did you get on the wrong side of the bed? Right. And that, that right. fundamental conversation really has been led, in my opinion, by the artists and creatives and those of us who identify in this gray area in between. And so the concept of the fact that using art to manage our mental health and to keep us at a high level is I think something that is valuable to discuss, but I think even more valuable is what do we do when those negative thoughts and those limiting beliefs are telling us we can't get out of bed or we can't pull that pin out to write those thoughts down or why would anybody want to read them anyway if we did, you know? And so right. I'd, I'd love to hear some of the ways that you have overcome that process. What do you do to overcome and get back into that art for you? Yeah. Well, you know, I, for me, I found it's, it's like going to the gym. You know, if I, mm. if I sk skip out on that for two months and then go back, I'm not going to be able to lift the same weights that I was the last time I was there. Yeah. Um, and that creative muscle, if you will, is something that I, I try to exercise even when it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Um, I have an entire folder on my computer of throwaway writings, things, <laughs> things that I just whipped up and, didn't really get attached to, but still found it important to, to try to put that together in the moment. So, you know, that's, that's definitely something that's worked for me is kind of the fake it until you make it mentality. Um, even when it doesn't necessarily feel good to create, understand that it is only helping me um, get stronger and better at doing it in the long run. Um, and you know, my main, um, my main vehicle for creative expression these days is the podcast. And, um, I, I took a step away from that for almost a year. 
um, because I was in such a difficult place with my my mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Mm-hmm. Um, I I felt like an imposter. I felt like I had nothing to say that was worth listening to, um, and that really got the better of me for a while. Um, and then, you know, luckily, just in kind of going through my process, there came a day that I felt motivated enough to kind of dive back into it. And that's just enabled me to continue doing it more and more. So, you know, I think it's um, like, like I said, really just putting yourself out there, even when it doesn't feel good. And the slow and steady journey, I love how you equate it to kind of going to the gym, um, because I've been like getting back into working out more recently. And it's the same process like, oh, when I don't go, you know, but once a week, I can't lift the same weights I did when I was going three times a week. And I completely agree with you that I have personally found little routines at different stages, right? So if it's been three months since I've written, I just keep a journal by my bed, right? It doesn't get open for a while, but it sits there and it's it's there so that when the inspiration comes, I have the ability to get it out. And that usually kind of starts triggering that piece. Or I'll go through a process of listening to certain music at night by neural beats or some of these other things that are working on my chemistry or I will try one little practice of gratitude for a couple of days or, you know, just something that kind of triggers you out of that place you've been into so that you can get back to it. And I think the other piece of it is really having that deep level of compassion, right? If you're trying to write that symphony after right. a year or two of doing things and it comes out in a way you're not happy with, you have to sit with that and, and understand that that's the reality of where you are. It's not that you're bad at things. It's that your muscles are weaker right now and you must spend the time to grow and expound. And I just think all of that is really valuable. Do you have any other maybe tips or tricks for kind of how to fake it till you make it? What are some of your helpful yeah. So I think there have been a couple things that have worked for me. So first with my creative writing, at times that I've felt uh, stuck there, um, I just practice freeform writing, you know, stream of consciousness writing, not even thinking about what the pen is putting on the paper, just allowing my hand to move and stopping when it feels right. And then going back and reading it, I usually find something in there that is like, huh, interesting. I didn't know that was in there. And it almost always gives me something to pull on a little bit further. Um, And the second thing is relieving some of the pressure by not trying to create in a vacuum. You know, if I'm relying on my own well of creativity and that's run dry at the moment, um, I try to connect with other people and, I, I find that that normally gives me something to latch onto and additional energy to bring into my creative process that maybe I would not have found on my own. So whether it's just getting together and jamming with somebody and, you know, smacking my guitar a little bit until something nice comes out of it um, or, you know, ru- running some of my writings by somebody and just seeing what their interpretation of it is. Um, that's helped break me out of that place of feeling really stuck. Um, Those are super valuable. I want to bring a point that just circles back around what you said earlier is that a part of how you got out of kind of the rut and fear of creativity was involving yourself and creating with not creating for. And I just think that across the board, that's a way that if you're an artist who's actually making their profession and you are in this place of limiting belief or struggling because you and I do know people who 
are making their living as creatives and are still really struggling with some of that mental health aspect and some of those limiting beliefs, that shift of I am creating with the universe, with people, with even if you're solo writing, even if you're, you know, there's that old concept of the kind of inspiration in the corner, right? And the old Greek people thought that that was an actual being that kind of sat there and was like whispering fun things to you. Like these ideas that we are not operating in a vacuum in a silo, I just think are so important for creative hobbyists and artists and professionals to really hear. I think that's a really valuable point to bring. Yeah, and I, and I think the the other aspect of it, it that is important to realize as a creative, you know, often when we're in that space of not feeling like we have it or feeling overcome um, by depression, um, we feel that putting that out there is not going to do anyone any favors. And I, I feel like that couldn't be further from the truth. Mm. I can only speak for myself and my own experience, but I really find myself gravitating toward art and music that seems to capture that struggle and be able to put it onto a medium that I am not able to do myself, you know? Mm, yeah. And like, I think, I think it was Van Gogh that said, he pours his heart and soul into his art and lost his mind in the process. <laughs> and I think that's just what really draws me to, to various forms of art, especially, you know, as a fan of hip hop music, I think that's something that really shines through and comes off as incredibly authentic when someone is able to share their struggle and put it in a context that's relatable. Well, and you brought up the concept that, you know, mental, physical, and spiritual health. And so when we just stick in the mental side and our ego is telling us we're not good enough or we're producing work that people aren't liking, that's a whole battle. But if you're not including this concept of spirituality, and again, what you're tapped into, what your true purpose is, who your authentic self is, because as someone who studied psychology, human development, sociology, Like everybody, Albert Einstein came back to the fact that spirituality and things like that exist. And so not discrediting this whole other layer, but using art to cut through to spirituality, using it to work through mental health is really, like you said, that's what I'm hearing you say is that intersectional piece, correct? Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think spirituality is something that scared the crap out of me for a long time. (laughs) Most people, especially in our day and age, I'd say. (laughs) Yeah, I I thought it meant I had to have everything figured out and have had to know what happens to me after I die. And or that you subscribe to God with a capital G. Right, exactly. Which as an atheist for a long time was really hard for me to wrap my head around. But um, these days I'm I'm able to break it down pretty simply. I try to keep it simple. And for me, I'm able to look at spirituality as connectedness, mm-hmm. you know, my connectedness to my environment and the world around me yeah. um, and how I connect and relate to other people. Um, just that universal consciousness seems to be how I ground on spirituality these days. And when I feel in touch with that, I, I generally feel better about my art. I feel better about my interactions with other people and I feel better about, you know, trying to do no harm and, and put myself out there in a way that maybe could even end up helping other people without me knowing it. Yeah. And and again, when you really tap into that true authentic purpose of yours, which again, sounds like that connection and community is really a part of your, you know, ethos and your expectation in your life. It doesn't surprise me 
that music is actually what you would resonate with because music is kind of that universal language, right? right? Writing is also beautiful and powerful, but sometimes it can be limiting if you only speak English or if you don't, you know, if you can't read, if there's so many other limits and music has such a different kind of universal tune because even people who are deaf can still feel the vibrations, can still connect to mm. it. So it really has this piece of universal connectivity, which it clearly sounds like that's what you're doing, Rob. <laughs> that's what I strive for, at least. That's what I look for these days. Well, before we wrap up, maybe kind of get into a little bit of like what you hope to see Breathing Room looking like and how people can reach out and connect with you. I would love to have you share a little bit of that with us. Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, as um, I've continued to go through my own experience, the show has continued to evolve a little bit. Um, I have been in recovery for uh, about 18 or 19 months now from Ooh. substance abuse. Ooh, yay! <laughs> and that has become a pretty important part of the show is giving, giving folks a platform to share their experiences with that um, in a way that is safe for them. Um, and also just, you know, with, with my experience um, as a survivor of suicide loss, that feels like a really important message that I haven't yet been able to integrate into the show. Um, you know, I have some experience with some really great organizations, one being uh, SOSL, Survivors of Suicide Loss, um, and being able to attend some of their seminars and workshops and connecting with folks who have been through something uh, similar that I have. Um, I found that that feels really important to the journey for me and something like I'd like to continue exploring. Mm. Um, but well, for those people who want to get involved in that journey, be a part of the breathing room show, share in those conversations, which are so valuable. How can they do that? How can they find you? Yeah, well, you, you can find us, um, on any social media platform. We're out there on Instagram and Facebook at breathing room show. Um, the podcast is published on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Um, you can find us out there again, just at Breathing Room Show, um, and our website where we kind of coalesce all of our various uh, resources is just uh, breathingroomshow.com. Mm. Rob, thank you for what you do. Thank you for being who you are, and thank you for being here today. I owe the same thank you to you, and thank you for having <laughs> me here today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And as always, this is the Joanna Patrice Haggerty Show, where we share tips and tools of our community's most innovative entrepreneurs, artists, and creative business owners. Thank you so much for tuning in. And please connect by visiting bizradioashville.com or on Instagram at jphcreativebiz. I would love to hear your show suggestions or any questions you may have. And of course, stay creative. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.